is Joy. And this is Claire. This is the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This is episode 316. This episode is sponsored by Kettlebell Kitchen, the best food on the planet. I was eating my Kettlebell Kitchen at work today, and my coworker came up and he's like, what is that? And so I showed him, and he was very impressed, and he's going to go order some now. I'm like, discount code GGW. He's like, what the heck is that? Damn, we got our delivery today. And I'm so excited. That's oh, the best. So go to kettlebellkitchen.com, discount code GGW. That will get you a discount on your first, um, I want to say two orders of $50 or more. So delicious, so tasty. Every single meal we love. And their packaging is biodegradable, most of it. And it's like in that little cardboard thing. So you don't have to worry about plastic. And pro tip, though, some of the meals come with sauces. Yes. So open it open up. Open it up. Check it out. Check for Make that sure sauce. Make sure the sauce isn't in there. When you microwave. Mm-hmm. When you microwave, because that is a sad day. When you accidentally like microwave your aioli. And you're yeah, like, it's oh. so bad. Yeah. And you're like, dang it. <laughs> now it's just a cup of like greasy herbs. Right. <laughs> Delicious. I mean, mm-hmm. mistakes do happen. But I am always curious of like who makes those sauces like i want to know who in their brain comes up with these delicious recipes and it's like it just magically works so thank you guys in advance for supporting the podcast get yourself some delicious food make your coworkers jealous if you currently are eating kettlebell kitchen because of our podcast right thank you please post a picture yeah. Tag us in it. We would mm-hmm. love to see what your favorite Kettlebell Kitchen meal is. And then share with your friends and be like, I have a discount code if you're interested. And then everyone will be eating Kettlebell forever mm-hmm. and ever. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Best. Thank you, Yay. guys. Good talk. Go Kettlebell. All right. So we have a lot to catch up on this week. And uh, it's it was like a big weekend for both of us. Um, and then, you know, Game of Thrones was the last episode last night, which I have a, kind of a funny story to tell you about that. We talk Let's a, just start with that. We talk, with Game yes, of Thrones. we talk a lot about Game of Thrones for someone who we don't watch Game of Thrones. It. <laughs> it's like a cultural thing, it's though. Like totally, we can't just not. Yeah. We cannot just gloss over the uh, you know the the Night King. Which, by the way, yesterday they were playing all the old episodes, and so I got to have my reunification with the Night King. And thank you to everyone who tagged us in the Instagram profile of who the actual Night King is. I feel like we should have a spinoff podcast where we talk about Game of Thrones based only on Game of Thrones memes. <laughs> I That would be a popular podcast. It really would. Like, Let's do that. Two girls who have never seen any Game of Thrones <laughs> give their opinions on the Game of Thrones oh episodes based only on the memes. Only on the memes. Them. It's so great. Yeah. Like the meme that my favorite meme right now, which again, didn't watch the episode, is of Bran sitting there and it's like when you don't do any of the work but still get an A on your group project. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but apparently Bran got something that he didn't work for. Right. <laughs> Good job, Bran. Good job, Bran. Way to just like sit in the back and chill until like your group mates took over. So apparently there's like this big, and I, I know all this because of Scott, but there's this big movement to, there's like a petition going around to have... Oh, to remake To the remake season. the entire so last season. Where I'm like, really, guys? Like a half a million people have signed it. Oh, sure. Sure. Are you going to sign it? <laughs> yes. Gonna- I care deeply about this cause. But part of me was like, are you really serious? Like, oh my gosh. I mean, I feel that way about the crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, that was, do you? That ended, it ended badly. Yeah. I was like, you can't just oh. like throw crap like this in there, guys. So there are rules in. It's like the rules of feminism. Do you know any ending of any show where you were completely and utterly satisfied? I mean, I feel like Friends was like, okay, every loose end that could have possibly been tied up was tied up. I don't remember the last episode of Friends. Isn't that bad? You know, they're like all in the empty apartment and they're like crying and like looking around and sharing memories. And they're like, why don't we get one last cup of coffee? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And they all walk out the door. Aw, that was a good ending. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, it can be done. Yeah, I don't I don't recall. I mean, other than that, that was a great ending. People being like, that was great. I remember The Sopranos. That was a shit show where everyone freaked out because everyone thought their TV like blew up. I know I was not. That was before my time. Yeah. So anyway, so last night, we're getting ready to watch Game of Thrones, the last episode. I'm all excited for Scott, right? Like I'm not trying to be all into the show all of a sudden. I could care less. Sorry, no offense to everyone who's like really into the show. But I want to be there for my husband, who's like super down with the show, so excited. And so we, <laughs> and I'll get to this in a mere moment that I did run a mar- half marathon yesterday. So I'm like laying on the couch 
And all of a sudden, I'm just like overcome. The wave of sleep is just like taking over. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Like the second I lay on the couch. So I'm laying on the couch and I'm watching probably the first 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm trying to fight it so bad. And of course I fall asleep. And then I'm like kind of waking up in and out. And the thing that Scott likes to do when I fall asleep, does Brandon do this? I'm. It drives me crazy. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I'll be falling asleep or I'll be asleep and Scott will turn over and look at me and go, are you asleep? <laughs> like, yell, yell at my face and be like, I'm like, I'm not now. Like, <laughs> just Okay. Brandon does not do that. But my father, Miss the John Hay, used to do that to us as children. And I can only imagine like the rage it sent my mother into. Because can you imagine like, oh. putting two kids to bed and then my dad would walk in the room and go, hey, are you asleep? <gasps> no, yeah. uh-uh. and yeah. then you guys would wake up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, John? I mean, why? Man, I've been married five times. <laughs> just, Scott. <laughs> Let's just remember that fact for a second. Very great person, wonderful man, wonderful man. A little clueless in the husband <laughs> department. <laughs> so he'll Sorry. yell at me like, "Are, are you asleep?" And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm in and out of sleep. All of a sudden, I like have every intention because I'm like, dang it, this is going to be a great episode. I wake up and the credits are rolling. <laughs> and I have no idea what happened. And Scott was like, wasn't that a great ending? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Just no idea. The no idea. As of, the, as of the recording of this episode, I have no idea what happened on the last episode. <laughs> No idea. It's great. I hope it was great. I heard it was very controversial. Some people loved it. I saw a lot of memes. I saw a wolf. Uh, I was pretty proud of myself uh, for <laughs> trying to watch this godforsaken lost episode. So, okay. So backing up, rewinding, I um, signed up for this Colfax half like three months ago thinking like, okay, I can do this. We're CCI was a sponsor or they're, um, you know, they're one of the charities that you could actually sponsor for this particular race. They were going to have a booth and I'm like, okay, cool. I think I can do this. I did fine. Like I didn't aggressively train for it, but there was a method to that. And I don't recommend this for people listening to be like, oh, I think I'm in shape. I could probably run a half marathon. I knew that I trained a ton last fall for the full. So I knew I had I had a pretty strong running base, but I didn't really aggressively train for this for the purpose of like, I had been dealing with some issues and, you know, with my hip and all that crap, but I've been doing a ton of rehab and I feel pretty good. And I knew I was like, okay, if I don't train aggressively for this, I can go out and I can run a half marathon and I think I could be okay. I just like on a wish and a prayer, I tried to do this freaking race. So I do the race. I do fine. I'm like, it's a perfect running weather. It was kind of cold at the start, but I made it. And I was like really, really nervous because like at mile six or mile seven, I'm like, okay, hip, come on. Like that's when my hip issues were starting to happen the last time, but I did fine. I did great. Feel great. And there's really like no exciting like ending to the story other than I just want to give a shout out to everyone who holds signs at races because you are the funniest people on the planet. I'm convinced the people that come up with the sayings on the signs is the best. Okay. So you want to hear my favorite? There's a guy at the very end. <laughs> and by the way, I got to give a lot of high hives to a lot of firemen and a lot of police officers during this race. Shout out to Aurora Police Department, Aurora Fire Department. <laughs> we got to run through the fire department. I was like, I might, might just like grab a chair Fun. and sit here in the fire department with the firemen. Like this is not a bad place to be. We got to run through the zoo. There was a huge tiger that was staring at us. Like we were his lunch. So that was kind of fun. Anyway, the best sign of the race, it said free nipple massages at the end. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. But like, <laughs> just well, you know, like some dudes, like their nipples bleed. I don't know if that was supposed to be it, but I was like, that's probably the most creative sign I've seen it a race. It was great. <laughs> that was my weekend. Did you uh, take him up on that? No, uh, no. Yeah, I was like going to go find him. So, by the way, Excuse me. I don't know when you went to ran the Kona. Yeah, marathon, that I will so take you, made you somebody up on. Like, walk all over yeah, you. completely different. So yeah. That was creepy. Yeah, a little stranger. Um, I was like assuming that it had to do with 
I'm not chafing. even. Yeah, I'm not even going into the chafing. You're not even going to justify gonna the nipple no, massages. I'm really not. Um, <laughs> and there was a singing Elvis, which was great. I put that on my stories. That, that guy that was is the, on everything. I feel like that. He's like amazing. every race, he's that amazing. Puts on. Freaking love. He him. was at. He was at Race for the Cure. Like, was he ten years ago? Yeah. And he has like a website and everything, so he's like yeah. something something Elvis, and he's wonderful. and he's always the Boulder Boulder, which I don't know if everyone does it's the like Boulder Boulder this year. It's like it's so great, yeah. So that was a great weekend. It was fun, yeah. And the race is really awesome. If if you've ever wanted to travel to Colorado or to Denver for a race, if you like to travel for races, I would highly recommend the Colfax Half or the Colfax Marathon or the 10, they have like a 10, 10 mile urban miler. They have a relay. So there's tons of options. It's a very well organized race. The party at the end is really fun. They have a ton of free food for the runners, great medals, great t-shirts and an awesome band, tons of things to do after the race. So it wasn't like one of those things where you're like, oh, there's like five tents here i guess i'll go now like everyone was having a grand old time so moving on you had an eventful weekend you probably have like a ton of material yeah. in your head what are like the top I, three things yeah, that you so learned i went to the birth fit summit so this is this was not like an athletic participation event that was a question i got a lot it was like you know what are you so i am currently okay let's let's back up so i can explain so we don't get this question a million times Joy and I took the BirthFit Coaches Seminar like about two years ago. Neither one of us at the time became official BirthFit Coaches for no other reason than just like at the time it wasn't really, there were a few more steps you had to take after the summit or after the seminar and we just didn't go through that. We wanted to do, I think we both were really in, A, interested in it and B, we love Lindsay and it was amazing content. But also I think it's really cool for us to be able to talk about this in the context of doing uh, what we talk about on the podcast. So I think that, right. that was, was a good a, thing yeah, for us to do, too. Yeah, it was like too. more knowledge. Yeah. So when we took the seminar, yeah, it was kind of more of just like a, we're really interested in this thing. We like supporting Lindsay. And, you know, let's just kind of learn more about birth fit. Neither of us really took it for the means of becoming co- certified birth fit coaches. So since then, so that was like miles at the time was like almost two. So since then, having gone through the pregnancy with Evie and now postpartum, like, and BirthFit has changed a ton since then. They've become, had become a, had a lot more programming. Like they've really grown up a lot in the last few years, just like expanded their offerings and become a lot more, more organized. And when Miles was born, I kind of tried to do BirthFit, but the, all that was really out there was this like really minimal online program. If you didn't like live in LA and I remember trying it and being like, eh, this isn't great, which I've talked about before. So the point is, we went through the coaches seminar. We did not become official coaches. Since then, I feel like I am like the most official, unofficial BirthFit coach there is because I love the BirthFit methodology. I love the BirthFit like community. I think the way that they go about what they're doing is so spot on. Like everything that they do is based on like clinical research, um, developmental kinesiology. It's all like very, you know, Lindsay and a lot of the founding members of BirthFit are chiropractors or practitioners. Um and you know doulas and that birth workers like all those sorts of things and so and they're just super like community oriented and community based and I just love that and it's um so in my postpartum this time I so during my pregnancy I started seeing a birth fit regional director in my area who's a chiropractor and she really helped me like get ready for birth and then I've been doing the postpartum series as an athlete at a gym near my house and so when Evie was like about two weeks old I knew that the summit was coming up and I was like you know what I'm just going to sign up for this. Like it's open to the public and I bet I'll probably be like one of the the few people there who isn't like an official birth fit, whatever. But I, first of all, just feel like I want something on the calendar that I can like look forward to kind of at the end of like the quote unquote fourth trimester. But also I think it's really important whenever we can to support our people and, you know, so many people travel and pay and do stuff to support us. And I want to do that. Yeah. For the people who I think are doing totally, stuff totally agree with that. Yeah. And so that, you know, so a lot of people were like, oh, why did you go if you weren't a coach? And it's like, well, those two reasons to kind of like get out in the world. And also because I really believe in BirthFit and the people who do BirthFit and I want to support that. So it was held in Austin, which I know I'd also had never been to Austin. So that was fun too. So I go to Austin. It was held in like the South Congress area. If any of you guys are familiar with Austin and I stayed in this super cute Airbnb and I took Evie with me and Miles and Brandon stayed home. So I, And your Airbnb had an, an espresso. 
Yes, my Airbnb had an espresso and, and also a mini fridge full of LaCroix and a little bowl full of miniature Kit Kats. What it was else like they do you knew, need? They knew you. I was coming. Mm-hmm. They were like, They're like, Claire mm-hmm. from GGW, let's it's roll out the here. red carpet. Exactly. Um, no, they did not know me, guys. That was a joke. <laughs> I don't want you guys to think that people of random Airbnb hosts know who we are. So it was super fun. And I don't really, I, like I said, I went into it kind of like not with any real clear purpose for being there. Like I didn't have like a clear, like I want to get this out of the weekend other than just being there. But it was really great. Like I think we heard from the like Rock Your Bliss, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Carr and Mary Beth something. They were super cute. They did like a little spiel on like values and what your values are. And then like they did some yoga, which I did not participate in. And the we like d- talked to like this guy from strike movement we heard from the gal who started serenity kids which is like this baby food company and heard from kate northrup who wrote a book recently he's written a couple books and um heard from and her mom is super famous and, and her mom Oprah. is super famous which i didn't know yeah her mom's an OBGYN. oh my gosh yeah so i am officially only two degrees separated from oprah yeah now that yeah. i hung out with kate you are Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel so good about myself now. Yeah. Because her daughter Penelope was obsessed with Evie. That like, is obsessed. so cute. Yeah. They were so Dr. Cute. Christiane so Northrup. Right. She's like a crazy OB, right? Yeah. She's amazing. And I just remember on Oprah when she gave one of her talks, she, and this was a long time ago, but it stuck with me where she's like, if you need to, like, this was in the time when we were in this realm of Martha Stewart only sleeps five hours a night. So you really don't need that much sleep. Like we were just in that realm of thinking you don't need a lot of sleep. And she was like, look, ladies, you need to let yourself sleep. And if I need look, to let, ladies, yeah. If Martha you, went to prison. Yeah. She was so out of it. Because she was so tired that she didn't yeah. make good decisions. And look what happened to her. She's knitting in prison. But she was basically saying, there are days when I let myself sleep for 13 or 14 hours if my body needs it. And I just remember being like, what? <laughs> so she has stuck with me in such a good way. I wish I would have known that. Um, I've been like, oh, but her husband has listened to our podcast. Somebody was like, we were standing around talking and uh, they asked me like, you know, are you a chiropractor? And I was like, no, I'm just like an enthusiast. And somebody made kind of the joke of like, oh yeah, but Claire's famous. Like, and I was like, guys, I'm really not famous. And I had you have this podcast and you're like, oh, what's the podcast called? And I said, Girls Gone Wild. And her husband was like, oh, yeah, I've heard that. And I was like, oh, I'm, I am famous. Yeah. Oh, you're my like, gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know. To this day, like when people – and I met so many amazing listeners. It was so fun. Like I can't even name them That's all. That's so I spent cool. all weekend just yeah. hanging out. And it, it was so cool. Like the coolest thing about it for me was being able to be there and knowing – so I took Evie, like I said. Yeah. And I was traveling by myself with her. I definitely was pretty nervous about that. And I was like, she's very portable. She's a very easygoing baby. I'm very, very lucky. But she also, it was just like going to be me and her the whole weekend. Yeah. And I never in a million years would I have been able to do this with Miles at this age. Mm -hmm. So if you're a first time mom and you're like, oh my God, I can barely even go to the store. Don't sweat it. If you're a 10th time mom and you're like, how did you do this? Don't sweat it. The reason I was able to do this is because every single person at this event was like, would you like me to hold your baby? I was like, as a matter of fact, I would. Yeah. What a great way to kind of like yeah. cap the fourth trimester to be like, it was perfect to be with all these amazing women and right. who have are just like all so... these, this mama support. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, I was like breastfeeding all over the place. Like everybody just like had their boobs out. Yeah, there were like so 10 other babies there. That's amazing. Everyone's holding oh, everybody's kids. You're just it in like great. mamahood Mecca. Exactly. And it was like, if you have to like stand in the back with your kid and like sway them, like someone's going to come back and hang out. Yeah. With you. Like, you don't have to worry about weird strangers judging you. You're just right. like, we're all and then here. I, like, yeah. Then I went to the airport and I was like breastfeeding. I was like, oh yeah. You're like, oh yeah. Put, like people my are other boob back in. Weird. Yeah. People suck. Um, people so it was really suck. great. Birthfit is great. If you guys, if you're thinking about the preconception phase, if you are pregnant, if you are postpartum, if you're even like five or 10 years postpartum and you still are experiencing any sort of symptoms around like your pelvic floor or incontinence or like diastasis or just like feeling like your stuff isn't where it used to be. Yeah. And you just need a community. And you just need, they have, that's it's the such biggest a great thing. community. It's the coolest. Like so the, every single woman there, you're just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. You get like, it. You, you feel, get me. You see you me. You get it. Yeah. And so many people there, like there a lot of, like at the beginning, you know, it was like, it was a little woo. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of hugging and touching. Uh-huh. A lot of times like, all right, now go three, go find three people to hug. And I was like, Mm-mm. I'm just going to stand over here in the corner with my baby. So I did. I, just sort of, I would like wave at people with my finger. Like, hello. <laughs> yes. 
stay away. But pretty quickly, word got around that I was not a hugger, so it's fine. Also, to clarify, you guys, it's not that I am like afraid of people. Some people are like, oh, don't hug Claire. Like, I will hug you. I just don't want to hug strangers. Mm -hmm. So if I even remotely know you, I am happy to hug you briefly. Not a super comfortable place for a lot of people to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just not the kind of person who like will walk up to you and like lay my head on your shoulder. Mm-mm. Like, can you imagine me doing that? No, nope. 100% not. Mm-mm. But like, I have friends who are like that with their mm-hmm. other friends. Mm-hmm. It's not me. Mm-hmm. The point of the story is that I met a lot of great people who were listeners of the podcast. So hello to all of you. I loved meeting all of you. I met a lot of great people who are not listeners of the podcast. So hello to all of them who are not listening. <laughs> and so many people from BirthFit, like they are a ton of moms. There are a ton of moms. There are a ton of people who aren't moms. There were some dudes there. Like it was great. It was yeah. so wonderful. I had yeah. a good time. It made me it really excited. So, yeah. It's such a good vibe. And I remember mm-hmm. when, I think I mentioned this when we took the training where I was like, I felt like I was going to be so out of place because I'm not a mom. And I was like, no, everyone there is so welcoming. And you feel like as a woman, you can contribute to supporting your friends with children. Like it just, it was just really great. Highly recommend every part of it. I love, seriously. And I think the biggest thing for me was just, I like, I felt so thankful for that experience with like Bertha in general, because I think the, like following people on social media who are Bertha and hearing their podcasts and reading all their stuff was a huge thing that made me think, like having read all that sort of rhetoric over the last couple of years was a huge thing that made me believe like I could have the birth I wanted and I don't have to just like exist in this system and sort of pick the lesser evils because for me personally, they don't feel like a good fit. And, you know, seeing all their stuff they always post, that's like there's no such thing as like a right or wrong way to do this, to give birth and to be pregnant or to, you know, raise your kids. Like it's as long as you are making a choice with good information and you're not being like forced into one choice or another or guilted into one choice or another or not given all the options at all. And just hearing that and seeing those little things day after day over the last couple of years has really like really got into my brain. I was like, hey, if this doesn't feel right, find something else. Mm-hmm. So that's that was great. And, it, and so it was, it was very like it felt very full circle for me to be there like at the end of the fourth trimester of like, this is a room full of people who made birth not scary for me. Yeah. And who made the motherhood transition feel approachable. Mm-hmm. So, so it was great. I had a good time. And except for the fact that it was so humid. Yeah. You guys, but your I hair can't. probably looked amazing. No, it didn't. It just got frizzy. I even Aww. brought, I brought my hair towel, y'all. Y'all, I just said, y'all. See, I was in Texas for three whole days. <laughs> I brought my hair towel because you have to travel. Do not travel without your microfiber hair towel. And and my waterfall cream from yeah. R and Co. Yeah, R and Co. And it was mm-hmm. still so frizzy because it. Ugh, guys, how how do any? I have always lived in Colorado. I have had a Dry 303 area code my yeah. whole life. It is single digit humidity at best. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Isn't your skin so dry?" Like, no, because so, I have lived here my whole life. God. Well, when I when I grew up in Arizona, thinking that was like bone dry. When I moved to Colorado, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is nothing." Like Arizona was like child's play <laughs> i have never it's it so life, dry in colorado it doesn't affect me because i've lived here my whole life like i oh. don't feel i mean i probably have dry my skin, skin like, is always so dry i mean maybe, i went to see I my just, dermaplane lady and i was like what other moisturizer can i like layer on my face because i'm yeah i don't know maybe i don't know yeah. I, I also don't like the feeling of lotion so maybe that's why i love living here mm. but i walked outside in austin i was like oh yeah immediate and like just i know layer I of spritzer before. my least favorite thing about myself is that when, like, truly my least favorite thing is that when I start to sweat, the first thing that starts sweating is my upper lip. No way. That's the least favorite thing you like about you. Yes. It's my least favorite thing about myself. If I could change one single thing about my physical Your self, upper it would lip be this. sweats. My upper lip sweats far before any other part of my body. It's like the rest of myself, totally fine. Upper lip dripping. Huh. Okay. It's disgusting. Just, <laughs> so you're, like, just constantly. So just like. <laughs> <laughs> And so, it's like you just have sodium taste yeah. all the time. Sodium taste and like skin, do, just mustache <laughs> wetness, a moist stash, if you will. <laughs> oh yeah, let's go with that. My, my moist stash. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna call it now. <laughs> my moist stash. So at the Austin Airport, fun fact: you do not get picked up by your Uber like right out to the terminal. You have to walk to a separate location, and it's just like in the parking garage where like the rental cars are. Yeah. But I did not know this, and it's like 
you have to walk a ways. And I had my baby in the wrap mm-hmm. on the front of me, pulling my car, pulling Extra my heat. thing, <laughs> and holding the car seat. So I'm strapped oh to my a gosh. heater. Yeah, I have things in both hands. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, just sweating, sweating. And mm-hmm. I got, and finally the guy showed up. And first of all, my first Uber driver was real weird. He was like, um, my leather seats are really soft, so can you be careful with that car seat? I was like, it's not like it's a dog, dude. Like, it's got like a Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? And then he was like, oh, my gosh, you're you're from Denver? Like, you're just going to be like... Yeah, like... (laughs) Thrashing around back there. And then he was like, oh, you're from Denver? Oh, my gosh. Do you just, like, go to the dispensaries all the time? I hate... Okay, let me do a public service announcement for everyone. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let me do a public service announcement right now. Please stop asking people from Colorado if you just live at the dispensary all day. Like, I don't under... Everywhere I go, the... Like... I just remember a few years ago when we were, I, I don't even know where we were, but they were like, where are you guys from? And we're like, oh, we're from Denver. And they're like, cool. I bet you guys. And we're just like, uh, yeah, 420. Yeah, then. 420 all the time. It's like, and you're like, no. No. I mean, liquor stores are open here. Are you drunk 24-7? Seriously. No. I'm like, we don't live there all the time. It's yeah, really like, funny. We well, and I think, and I'm like, you listen, we can't even buy liquor in the grocery store. Yeah. In Colorado. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, people are going to write in. I'm aware the the law it is changing. Has yes, changed. Right. Is changing, but still to this day, like one grocery store has picked up the practice. Exactly. It's 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 starting to kind of expand. But, but it, is that yeah? None of the grocery stores in Colorado were built with a liquor. Section. Exactly. So they're none ca- of them they're were ha- They have to play catch up. Like there's a few stores that are like incorporating yeah. it now. But yeah, think about where you live and think about your favorite grocery store where you go to buy wine and think about how there's like a whole wine yep. area. Yeah. Now imagine Big if fridge the store case, was not yeah. yeah laid out like that. Like where would you put it? Okay, right. Tangent. So anyway, with tangent. Wine buying. Please God. stop. So he was like, that, okay. Oh, two things. Like, stop mm-hmm. asking us about dispensaries and then people who come here for concerts stop commenting. I mean, because I know a lot of famous people, artists, and singers listen to this podcast, but they always make a comment about the altitude when they're singing on stage. Stop that. Just Which every, I get. Yeah. But also- Every like, concert, though. Oh my know, gosh, you guys, concert. how do you deal with the altitude? I know. And they're like on the side with like their oxygen mask. Yeah. And you're like, well, you could have shown up like two days ago and tried to acclimate a little right, bit. Right. You would think some, on like some like famous person message board out there, they're like, FYI, going to Red Rocks. I always want to tweet- the artist, but I'm always like, I'm going to be that weirdo that they're no. And who, anyway, they're not going to read my tweet. Okay, continue. So anyway, apart from my Uber driver who was like freaked out about the car seat on his seats and, was and like, then oh, very concerned about dispensaries about in my Colorado. Pot consumption. God, um, <laughs> it was great. I had a super fun time. I ate brisket for as many meals as I could, which meant all but one. And that one where I didn't eat brisket, I had prime rib. Great. I was, yeah, just sweaty the whole time. But it was great. And so many, just all the great people. So hi, great yeah. people who I talked to. Hi, great people. Had a great time with. Thanks for being great. And thanks for hanging out with me and holding my baby and not being weird when I just like whipped out my boobs. Yeah. It was great. And it also, you know how I talk about like when people, you know, post photos or just live their lives mm-hmm. seemingly without regard to their quote unquote flaws, how freeing that is. Right. That's what this weekend felt like too. Because I was like, you know what? I can walk around with my shirt off because it's so freaking hot and know that not a single person in this room gives one crap or is even noticing the fact that I still have like a little postpartum, not little, a postpartum belly that is covered in stretch marks and I'm pale as can be because that's my norm. I don't know why I even mentioned that because it's just my status quo. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, don't have to be self-conscious about this at all because literally no one is even noticing. They don't care. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, it's just so nice. So yeah, adjacent to what you just said is like the perfect segue because I watched Shrill this past weekend and I was like the same vibe of watching that. And I have listened to a lot of episodes and a lot of interviews with Lindy West, who's the writer of the book that was based off of the television show. First of all, the show is amazing. Have you watched it yet? You haven't watched it because you're not doing the show thing right now, right? Correct. Not doing a show thing. I have not seen anything new since Downton Abbey. Since I finished Downton Abbey, Great. which was on the air in like 2013. Cool. So Girl. I finished that like at the end of March. Okay. I'm trying to think if I've literally watched anything since then. I don't think I have. Really? Nothing? Okay. If I have extra time, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Completely agree with you and support that plan. Yep. I was just trying to think of like any of the other shows that I was super into, but no, like... If I had to recommend a show that was mandatory watching, I would say Shrill is up there because it's, they're, first of all, they're only 20 minute episodes. 
I love watching Claire's evolution of selfies. She's taking a like, selfie. Okay. Right can we take a quick tangent? Sure. Does anybody else have the iPhone X yes. series of some kind? Yes. And I'm raising my hand. I know, I know you do because you recommended this to me. I'm not asking you, Joy. Anyone else? <laughs> Present company excluded. Okay. <laughs> Who else ha- besides Joy uh-huh. has the iPhone X and the selfie camera like auto corrects your face? Oh, it does. Have you I've never? This? Well, I don't. Maybe your skin take, is so flawless. It, it it's my duroplane. It corrects your face. Yes, if you're in like not the greatest lighting, like I'm in like direct, you know, I'm uh-huh. not I'm in harsh lighting. You know, like the filter on you doing the, stories that are you doing like no, the portrait so mode? No, no, just regular, normal, normal selfie mode. Huh? And then it it like overcorrects your face, and I'm I like, don't think I ever. Yeah, now we're both like holding it up. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that uh, angle. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so- Work it. Work it, girl. Oh. Taking selfies. Whoa. Why are selfies so 20 pictures to maybe one good one? I don't know. And guys, if you don't plan for our newsletter, you should because at the end of we every really newsletter, do. we post our selfie fails. I'm just going to take. I'm going to take a picture of you taking a picture of me. And take a picture of you taking a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> you see my face? Yeah, kind of. All right. Going okay. on the grams. Oh, That's guys. amazing. Sorry. Did we just All spend right. did you we just spend like five minutes doing that on the podcast? Yeah, and I still don't have a selfie that I like. There, that's a good one. Um Okay. What were we talking about? Okay, shrill. shrill. We're talking about shrill. So they're like twenty minute episodes, and I think there's only like six or seven right now, so hopefully they'll do a second season. A.D. Bryant is amazing, but the show is just so good. It's so good. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but like, I'll give you an example. The first episode, A.D. Bryant is walking in this, uh, into this coffee shop and she sees this flyer for like, Tone Tanya. Like, take my boot camp classes with Tone Tanya. And she's taking a photo of it, like laughing as a joke, because there's this photo of this like very fit woman kicking a piece of pizza. And it's all like kind of bad food be gone type of vibe and all of a sudden tone tanya is behind her and she's like you could just take a sticker and she's like oh you're tone tanya <laughs> she's like yeah do you want to take my class and but the whole vibe of it is like it's almost disgustingly familiar of the shit we see on social media of like what you should look like and it's no surprise that it's all about acceptance of like who you are and where you are but highly recommend that show and then i I also love the interviews of A.D. Bryant talking about playing that role. I think she did one on Fresh Air. So just do, you know, Google or search on iTunes Fresh Air or A.D. Bryant. And then Lindy West, any of her interviews are great. She did one recently on the Food Psych podcast that was just so good. Talking about Shrill. Yay. I hope they do a second season. It was one of those shows I was just like, okay, next, next, next. Yeah. Next. Got it. Good. Okay. Keep next episode. Keep so playing. let's... Do some quick Q&A because we didn't get to all the great questions from last week. Yes. I really do like this one because it always opens up a good conversation, even though I, it's a little bit, not cliche, but something we've heard a million We're times is what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? Because I feel like this answer changes a lot to me. And the first question, you go first. The first thing that always comes to my head or the first thing that comes to my head now, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? I'm kind of cheating by answering this, but I don't want to go into anything thinking I'm not going to fail because I feel like that's just a part of the equation. Like it's assuming that we're not going to do things just because we're scared, right? Like that's kind of what it's assuming. So I'll play along in that aspect. If I knew I wouldn't fail, I'd be like running to LA to like join a Broadway show <laughs> or, or or New York City or like the Groundlings or like something totally, totally out of my comfort zone. Because I was thinking about that today. I was like, oh, that'd be really fun to just join a comedy troupe and like run off and... Oh my gosh, you I would totally be- become a stand-up comic. That yeah. would be totally my I know answer. you've said that before. I think I, I would love... Yeah. Be, and like sometimes I like see other people doing their thing and I'm like, and they're trying to be funny. And I'm like, man, I am so much funnier than you. <laughs> so much better than you. I am hysterical. Don't you think I'm hilarious? Guys, yeah, I am hysterical and my genius is going unnoticed mm-hmm. because bombing in a comedy show is too, the thought of that is too the much. The thought of that is too much, right? And so- but if I knew I would never bomb, I would 100% oh, become a stand-up comic. I really applaud people who can do that because A, how do you write your content? B, how do you go out and test it into like 
I'm sure they start small, but still, that is just, you might as well just walk out on a stage naked as far as I'm concerned. But the funny thing is, is like when you and I do live shows, I feel like there's a comedy flair to it. And that because we're I can hilarious. Do. We're actually really funny. We should just do it. Comedy we should just troop. both become comedian. A jo- we could be like a double act. Yeah. And then at the end, we could do the number from Chicago with the double act and the thing. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're doing it. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Because we were re- recently talking about doing some type of like show for people who were coming to learn about podcasts. And it wasn't like a class, but it was more like Joy and Claire doing a show. But I'm like, would it be funny with people who don't listen to our show? Maybe. Because actually, I've heard people come Fun to fact. our live show and they're like, you guys are really funny. Fun fact. I don't care. Oh, okay. Claire I, doesn't care. <laughs> I don't care about all you people who don't listen to our podcast. I only care about you people who are currently listening. True. I care about being funny for you. If mm-hmm. you come to my show, here's the other thing. If you come to watch us and you don't, you have no other exposure to us and you don't like us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You tried us out. Thanks so much for coming. That's a, that's a great point. That's a you great didn't point. Know. Yeah. You didn't know. I would. Yeah, that'd be fun. Maybe someday. We'll sign up for like an open mic comedy night. We'll write some jokes. Well, see, here's the thing. We don't do well with writing jokes. We do well riffing off of each other. I think, I think we'd have to start with a couple of jokes, though, okay. and then we could get going. <laughs> like a knock-knock joke? Yep. That's exactly it, Joy. A knock-knock joke. Why didn't I think of that? Oh. See? And maybe there's like this whole untapped knock-knock joke thing out there because most comedians perform solo so if you say knock knock there's nobody there's no one there to say who's there the audience I mean, is gonna heckle you this is just a cash cow would you rather you're real good on the would oh my you gosh <laughs> i'm quick on yeah this is like a netflix special waiting to happen really us just speaking our, ring, nef- ring, our like ring, ring. stories. oh that's netflix calling excuse me i have to know okay how did you know your spouse was the one when should you let go of someone so question number one did you have a moment where you knew brandon was the one and then when should you let go of someone these are two great questions okay i feel very cliche but i knew after the first date with scott that i was like i think i'm gonna marry that dude and that was a big deal for me because no surprise i was not interested in getting married and after the date i was like wow this this guy's really cool But I will say I knew Scott for like three years (laughs) before we went on our first date. So there was some background there. And I just don't believe that there's one story that's going to be like, you have to be, I don't think you have to know your person is the quote unquote one. What felt good for me was I just wanted to keep hanging out with him. I had no interest. After the first date, I kind of joked with my family that I was like, I could probably see myself marrying this guy, but I was not picking out wedding dresses. I was, however, being like, I could hang out with this dude, which was different from all the serial dating that I had done, which was like fast and furious, just kind of all from passion and craziness. And with Scott, it was like, oh, I just want to spend time with him. It was like this very chill, comfortable vibe. So that's kind of where we went from there. It was like, I just want, we just kept hanging out. And then we never stopped hanging out. I, people, whenever they ask me these questions, my answer is, I still don't know that Brandon is the one. Right. I and I think that truly that is not my personality. Right. I am not the type of person to like be completely bought in to anything. I don't, you know, didn't like have love at first sight. I don't feel like Brandon's quote unquote the one. I don't feel like I know what my calling in my life is. I don't, you know, feel like you know, people are like, how did you know what you wanted your your career to be? I don't, I just sort of like picked one. Right. You know, I just don't think like I'm really that type of a person. I am very impulsive. And so I think that my impulsiveness can seem to outsiders as um, being very sure of my decision. And in reality, my impulsiveness more so comes from actually the opposite, which is knowing that I'm never going to be totally sure. And so I might as well just like pick one and go with it. And that makes it sound like Brandon is it was a random choice. He wasn't a random choice. Like there are a lot of, I know I love everything about him. Not everything. right, most things. Yeah, and he's a great partner. And you know, and I the question that I just was would always ask myself is like, okay, I can't know what's going to happen, and I can't know how we're going to change, and I can't know what the future holds. But is this someone who I am comfortable 
with not knowing with. Mm-hmm. And do I feel like the person I know him to be in this moment at his core is someone who I'm willing to go through the unknown with? And so that was kind of more my thought process. Yeah, I like that because it also describes and validates that there's just a lot of crap that we're fed about what relationships should look like or how you get there. And I think everyone kind of knows this by now, but just a reminder that it doesn't, there's just not one way. And your path may, your paths may drift apart. So the second question of her saying, how, when should you let go of someone is truly, if you just have that feeling of like, I just, either you're not happy or you're feeling it that it's forced, couples and partnerships are always going to go through tough times. And if you think to yourself, like, there were always times and bumps in the road with Scott and I where I was like, I'm just, I can, I know in my heart and in my gut that there's still a lot of work for us to do. And work for us, meaning myself too, I also recognized that I had to do a lot of work. So that was just me. I made the decision where I was like, we still have a lot of work to do and, and we still are working on it. And it's great. And it gets get, it's getting better every single day because I feel like when you're kind of like committed and investing in doing the work on yourself as well, I think that's really important. But I would say if you notice, God, it's just a hard question to answer. But like, even if you notice like your other partners just kind of checked out, like whenever you're doing couples counseling, if you're both not really committed to making it work, it's not going to work. So if someone is like checked out, then you have to be like, well, I'm not going to, you can't force the other person to check in. You just can't. So that's probably a good uh, like sign to reevaluate. I was talking to a friend recently who is like, you know, kind of like, I'm not sure that partner she's been with for a long, long time. Like, I'm just not sure that there's a future, you know, continuing to be a future here. And she was like, you know, I'm sure there's more I could do though. And I was kind of like, you know, there's always more you could do. Like that you could stay and be unhappy. That's an option. And so I remember this once, like I think about this thing that Sandy said once about like a contract that we were doing where she made them take out the thing where it was like, we will make every, every effort to make something happen. And she was like, no, 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 you can't say every effort because like that could include like selling your house (laughs) and like, you know, like every effort means every effort. Every effort, yeah. And it's like, that's kind of what I think about now when I think about like how much is this worth it to make me for it to like try to make it work. Mm-hmm. It's like every effort means it could mean ridiculous things. Yeah. Like, yes, you could do everything. There will always be something more that you could have mm-hmm. done. Always, always, but, always. But the question is just like, what's the cost benefit analysis of that yeah. in your life and to your emotions? You know, is it worth it? I think one of the things that I always think about too. And really, and I love doing couples therapy. It's like one of my favorite things to do. But just speaking for myself from like my own experience, which is completely separate is that if you look at yourself and you're like, whenever you're working with a partner, you're 100% looking in a mirror at all times. Like everything that you do is really a reflection of yourself and what you are bringing to the table. And if you can't wake up every day and be like, I really kind of want to work on myself with my partner. And I know it's going to be difficult, but I can see myself getting, you know, making progress with us and with myself. That's kind of a good place to evaluate. If you feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to be, I'm not talking about, oh my God, I'm going to hate my life. It's hard work, but you shouldn't be hating your life. Like that's where I feel like you should probably be like, I don't, even though it's hard work, you should want to be in the trenches with that person (laughs) doing the hard work. Okay. We have time for probably two more. Let's answer this honestly, because I addressed my Rachel Hollis dislike, slash, I came to terms with whatever floats your boat. Claire, what is your dislike of Tracy Anderson about? I'm curious. I'm not a fan, but wondering why. I think that she has a platform which she uses to disseminate bogus information and presents it as truth. And that bothers me. She puts out claims about women's fitness that are completely biased in a towards a very certain body type mm-hmm. and a very certain set of goals and basically says this is the one true way yeah i feel that, yeah i feel like it feeds into what has in the past been very mm, i don't want to like just pinpoint hollywood but kind of the famous people aesthetic 
Right. It's like the traditional that like, we see magazine, in magazines. Yeah. And, girls in the front of the magazine yeah. problem. Yeah. And I think, and that's what makes me crazy about her. And to be fair, I have not interacted with any of her stuff in a long time because it would drive me crazy. Right. And so maybe she's totally changed her tune since then, but something right. t- tells me that it's, but like sh- I read something once about how she said that like driving, riding in a convertible burned calories, stuff like that, where you're like, no. I think I like you should you run in a convertible that. because they burn more cal- it burns more calories. Mm-hmm. And it was like this woman lives her life in constant pursuit of burning calories. Mm-hmm. Like that's her seems to be the number one goal that she is seeking at any given moment is like, how can I burn more calories right now? And like, to me, that is crazy town mm-hmm. and is very unhealthy. And I shouldn't say is very unhealthy. It, I think it would be very difficult to have that mindset for most people in a healthy way. Yeah. And, but she has, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who are following her because of her association with Gwyneth Paltrow, who is also crazy town mm-hmm. because she does not live on planet earth. Yeah. Um, but I will say her Brene Brown interview is great. Yeah. I mean, Ungu- I'm not saying she's like not an interesting person. Yeah. She's just like not on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, her life is very, you know, I think that she, and she gets called off this all the time. Like she doesn't have a very good self-awareness of the fact that like her life is not, the average person's life. Mm-hmm. And because Tracy Anderson is her trainer, she's very famous. Yeah. And I just remember the very first thing I saw of her, of Tracy Anderson, was her telling Gwyneth Paltrow that women should never lift more than three pounds. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so are we supposed to bring our groceries in one item at a time? What about our children? What about literally anything? Three pounds is like really nothing. Yeah. So that's why. is I just feel like the stuff that she puts out there is really bizarre and not founded in fact. And she presents it as like fact basically and and puts out and i i don't know she i to me I she feel also like just it feels like shamey yeah i feel like it feeds into the celebrity trainers who train celebrities and celebrities look a certain way and i really hope that that continues to evolve because even after that discussion we had a few weeks ago where i was like can you imagine if i was in a movie just the representation of my body type and i'm like you know what why not why don't they start doing that <laughs> it just makes me so mad okay one more Big, do you have a crush right now? Biggest crush and why? See, who mm. do I have a massive crush on? The Night King. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Dave Castro boxing. Um, that not really. Just that one moment. Let's think. Who do I have a? crush Do you on? know? Okay, I have a crush on. <laughs> I love him so much. There is a, a newscaster here. Do you know who Kyle Clark is? So he's a newscaster for Nine News here in Denver, and he's just the cutest, funniest. He created this show, this news show, that's really, really different and smart and funny and witty. And Scott and I watch it almost every day. It's on at like six o'clock here. It's called, I think it's called Next. Yeah. And he's just really, he's adorable. And I want to kind of like put him in my pocket and carry him around. And he's probably fun size too. So I could probably do that. So Kyle Clark is my answer. Google him. He's just the cutest. I don't think I really have one right now. Insta Goldens is my crush. Dogs. Dogs. Dogs I see. Yeah. Dogs I see. Uh, it's my crush. Dogs I see. Babies I see. <laughs> um, small pets of any kind, really. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Small pets in outfits. Yeah. Small pets who are sleepy. <laughs> small pets being massaged with a tiny finger. Like yes. I saw one today. And they're just like so great. I speaking of people though that we have crushes on, I did get to hang out with Will Lanier this past weekend. Is that how you pronounce his name? Lan Lanier? Lanier? I think it is Lanier, but it's I said Lanier. Lanier because I'm like I it's say way fancy fancy. It will if you're listening. <laughs> it's way fancy. <laughs> yes. It is fancy. <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of word roots or like suffixes, I saw a funny thing that was like the existence of dumplings implies the existence of one large dumple. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Just <laughs> dumple. A single large dumple. <laughs> okay. So by All the right. time you guys listen to this episode, it will almost be time for Murph. If you're doing Murph, great job. I'll probably do it on Monday if I don't run the Boulder Boulder. Probably not because I just ran 13 miles and I don't feel like running again. Murph is like one of my favorite workouts to do on Memorial Day. So if everyone's doing it, or if, you, if you're doing it, tag us, show us, and good luck because it's a hard workout. But I love doing workouts like that for a great meaning and purpose. And we don't say 
happy Memorial Day, right? Because it's not really a happy Right. I'm unclear day. about the memorial, about like different things you're supposed to say on different days. Yeah. Like but honor. Enjoy. Enjoy your yeah. family. Honor the time. Honor the day. That's what yes. I'll say. Yeah. Same thing with like Veterans Day. Like you don't say like happy Veterans Day because it's not really. Really because of Veterans Day I thought was like for current people who are veterans, not necessarily in memory of people. That's the difference, That's right? True. Memorial Day right. in memory in memoriam Veterans Day is like honoring. So you can say happy I should Veterans know this because my brother's in the Marines, but, but that he's not mean, a veteran, no, or he's a, not. or an in memorial. No, Mm-mm. so but he should school me on this. Uh, yeah, Jay, please weigh in. <laughs> Jay, please weigh in. He's I know too you busy to with podcast. a puppy. Yeah, he, my brother, for someone who's so freaking smart, you would think that he knows how to do anything in technology. I, the guy doesn't even know that I do a podcast. Like I'll like send him episodes. He'll be like, "Cool, what is this?" <laughs> like. He, oh, God bless his heart. But he just got a new puppy, too. So we've been exchanging a lot of text messages. His name is Willie. God, he's so cute. Okay. Puppies and dogs and kids and happy things. Small pets that are sleepy. Um, okay, guys. Kettlebellkitchen.com. Discount code GGW. Get yourself some tasty snacks. It's going to be great. Boop, 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 boop. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com. Hey, Macarena. Ah. I was going to do the, the limbo, right? It's the limbo song. Oh, no. Do, 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 do. No, we're going to get infringement. I think probably... Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Just changed it. Hey, Flockarena. Hey, Murmur, Murmur. Oh, don't see us, please. Okay, Have bye. Have a great week. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> okay. It's always a good episode when you end with. <laughs>